Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We're going to talk about one of my biggest pet peeves today. Workers' compensation leave of absence. Guess what, folks? It doesn't exist. Let me give you the background. As all of you probably know, workers' compensation is a scheme, a program we have in California, every state has one, where if an employee is injured at work or they become ill at work, we have to give them compensation. And the compensation doesn't come directly from the employer. It comes from a state agency in California, the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board, where they will pay an employee temporary disability payments for the amount of time that they are unable to work due to that workplace illness or injury. Now, obviously, to take advantage of a workers' compensation program, you have to be injured or made ill by work. So this is a very important concept that a lot of people miss. Remember when COVID first hit us, there was a workers' compensation presumption that if somebody was ill with COVID, they were presumed to have become ill because of work. And that presumption gave them some benefits, okay? When we look at workers' compensation, it's a very important program because it's no fault. So an employee who is very clumsy, like me, trips and falls, hurts themselves, they still get workers' compensation benefits, right? It doesn't matter that they should have known better than to trip, all right? The system is very regulated. There are benefit amounts that are set by law. Here's what doesn't exist in the workers' compensation statutes in California or anywhere else, a leave of absence. So I want you to think about this very carefully. I told you that employees are eligible for temporary disability payments if they're injured or ill at work, but I didn't tell you they get time off. So where do they get time off? Well, they get time off under other laws like the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act, the California Family Rights Act, um, I guess California Pregnancy Disability Leave, although we hope that is not work-related. Um, there are laws that give employees the right to take time off. Okay, those are separate from the workers' compensation system. Why is this concept so important? Because I talk to clients all the time who will tell me, oh, well, Mentilta's been on workers' compensation leave for five years. How long do I have to leave her off work? Can I replace her yet? And of course, I am so excited to tell that client, you didn't have to give her a leave of absence. Now, if she was covered by FMLA, great. You give her time off under FMLA. If she's covered under the California Family Rights Act, great. If she has sick time or vacation available to her, terrific. Let her use that time. But you don't have to give a worker's compensation leave of absence. It doesn't exist. So what you have to make sure of is that your workers' compensation folks are talking to your leave of absence folks. Now, in smaller organizations, that may be the same person, and this is not tricky at all. 
okay? So I'm managing everything to do with employees. I'm an HR generalist. I do it all. I wear every hat in the organization. In that situation, I'm going to know that somebody has a workers' compensation injury. They've made a claim. I'm processing their leave under the FMLA CFRA, and they're going to get up to 12 weeks. And after that, what happens, right? After that, you know, particularly if you were at our LOA workshop, our intensive three-day workshop we had a couple of weeks ago, if you were at that session, you know that once your statutory leave is over, now you look at whether the employee is entitled to time off as a reasonable accommodation under California's Fair Employment and Housing Act and or the Federal Americans with Disabilities Act. How do you do that? Well, remember, they have to be disabled. So we have a form we like to use called a, a reasonable accommodation questionnaire. And one of the first questions we ask the doctor on that form is, does the person have a disability? Because guess what? If they're not disabled, they're not entitled to a reasonable accommodation. So that workers' compensation situation, Matilda's injured at work. She needs to take two weeks off because she broke her finger. She's getting temporary disability payments. We're letting her take time off. We're letting her use sick leave to the extent she's not fully compensated by her workers' comp payments. And when she's done, she comes back. She comes back to work. Now, what if she says, I'm going to need to be off till 2026 because of my broken finger? Yeah, well, first of all, we don't even know if it's a serious health condition. If it is, if you're, for example, if she's receiving continuing treatment by a healthcare provider and she's eligible for FMLA or CFRA, she might get 12 weeks of leave. But after that, we have to know, is she disabled? And even if she is disabled, remember, an indefinite leave of absence is never a reasonable accommodation. A reasonable accommodation may include time off if it's reasonably definite and will be effective in allowing the employee to return to work. So if someone just keeps giving us those notes from the workers' compensation um, treating physician that say, Matilda will be reevaluated in 30 days. Matilda will be reevaluated in 30 days. Not going to fly. We need to know that that time off is allowing Matilda to return to work. It's giving her the ability to get back to work. If it's not effective in doing that, it's not a reasonable accommodation. So I know for some of you, your minds are blown right now. You're thinking, but I have all these people who've been on workers' comp leave for two years, for three years. What am I going to do about them, Jen? How am I going to deal with them? You're going to take a deep breath. You're going to call your favorite employment attorney, and you're going to talk it over. And you're going to figure out, have you designated under FMLA CIFRA? Have you looked at reasonable accommodation? Is there any other program that you have in your workplace that allows this employee to be off work, maybe personal leave, for example. By the way, the other issue you have to remember with workers' comp is light duty programs. Because you know what happens when you have a light duty program for someone who has a work-related injury or illness? By definition, that light duty program is a reasonable accommodation for people who were not injured or ill at work. 
Let me repeat that. By definition, your light duty program or your modified duty program must be made available to people who were not injured at work, who are not ill because of work. Because think about it. If you're saying that you can allow this person um, who has a workers' compensation claim to count hangers in the dressing room rather than doing their regular job, how are you going to argue you can't do that for someone who hurt their leg skiing? You can't. doesn't work that way. There's no special reasonable accommodation process for people who have a workers' compensation claim. And this is confusing. I know it. And particularly in government agencies where you have a person who's working in the return to work department who may never talk to the person who's working in the leave of absence department. So one side isn't talking to the other and we don't know what's going on. We can't keep track of what's happening. It's frustrating. I know it is. You have to recognize workers' compensation for what it is. It provides benefits, wage replacement benefits, and it may also provide retraining. There's no leave of absence. They have to have a leave available under some other program or law or policy. So think about paid family leave the same way, right? It's the flip side of state disability insurance here in California. If you have to care for a family member, you may be eligible for up to eight weeks of paid family leave benefits. How do you get those benefits? Well, you have to have time off from work. It may be time off under the FMLA, under the CFRA, as a personal leave of absence. Remember, you don't get reasonable accommodation time to care for a family member. Only if you are, in fact, disabled. The employee, him or herself, is disabled. Okay? I know there was a tricky case about that a couple of years ago. But remember, when they went back and they reheard that decision, what's called en banc, the entire California Court of Appeal heard the decision. Um, they decided that was the Castro Ramirez case, by the way. They decided that an accommodation was not appropriate for someone who did not have a disability. They couldn't be discriminated against because of their relationship with someone who has a disability. In that case, the employee was a father and his son was very ill. He couldn't be discriminated against on the basis that his son had a disability, right? But he wasn't entitled to an accommodation to be home with his son because he didn't have a disability. He, meaning the father, didn't have the disability. So there's a lot going on here with workers' compensation, folks. One of the other things I want to give you to think about is to hold your carrier accountable. Many adjusters have hundreds of pending cases at once. You know who's going to get help? The squeaky wheel. So stay on them. Ask questions. If you have a reason to think there may be a fraudulent claim, get them to do what's called a sub rosa investigation. Don't fall asleep at the wheel when it comes to workers' compensation claims, okay? Because You've got to be on top of the carrier. You've got to be on top of leave administration. You've got to be on top of payroll to make sure that if they want to coordinate benefits, they want to use sick leave or vacation or PTO or annual leave to bridge the gap between what they're making in the workers' comp temporary disability payments and their regular compensation. You've got to have a way of doing that. 
Also remember that workers' comp does not require that you continue health insurance or that you continue employing the individual. Someone may have to be separated because they're out too long and there's no reasonably definite return to work date. That won't negatively affect their, their workers' comp claim, but they don't have to be employed by you anymore. And by the way, the workers' compensation adjuster will want to tell you, oh, no, you should never fire Matilda. You should let Matilda stay on the payroll forever because that minimizes their risk. And you could be subject to what's called a labor code section 132A claim, retaliation for someone filing a workers' comp claim. But there's no valid 132A claim if you manage their time off the way you would manage anyone else's time off. And you got to a point where it was no longer reasonable to give them that time. They're not entitled to any more than another employee who doesn't have a workers' compensation claim. Okay, so that's really important. You don't have to treat them better than other employees, unless, of course, they're entitled to a statutory leave of absence or reasonable accommodation. Those are preference laws, right? We, we do more for employees who are entitled to leave than we do for other employees. We do more for folks who are entitled to an accommodation for a medical condition or disability or religious belief or practice than we do for other employees. That is not equality, right? It's something we're all committed to because we know it's the right thing. But don't confuse it. it it's not equality. We're not treating everyone the same. They are getting preference, okay? So I want you to remember there's no such thing as a workers' compensation leave of absence. Don't let your carrier manage the claim without your involvement. You need to participate. You need to watch what they're doing. You need to make sure that's not costing you more money than it should be. And that you're not creating a situation where you give people with workers' compensation claims unlimited leave. Because when you do that, you're going to have to offer that to everyone. So this topic is worth some homework, folks. Look at your claims. Talk to your carrier. Make sure you are on top of this workers' compensation process. Thank you all for joining me here today. Have a great day. Be careful out there and do something kind for someone. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.